0: The following program was previously recorded.
1: Well, it's Friday. Yes, it is. And the final night of our Best Life Week webcast. So far this week, we have tackled your questions about weight and health and spirituality and money. But now I want you to kind of cozy up with your partner or gather around with your girlfriends because tonight we're talking about sex, baby, yes. After last week's Sex 101 show... Thousands of you had so many questions for world-renowned sex therapist Dr. Laura Berman and she'll be answering many of those questions tonight and since we're on the web we can get a little more explicit although I've seen a preview of some of your questions Lord. Listen, I never knew black people could blush as much as I have reading some of those <laughs> questions. Welcome, Dr. Gorman. Thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> These what are is, the questions people have. What is going on? So it's going to be explicit. It's the kind of thing where if I was on television, I would be taken off the air with the <laughs> kind of questions you all have lined up for us tonight. But uh, let's start. Let's explain why this has sort of hit a nerve and why good sex is such an important part of the overall whole of living your best life.
2: And I feel so grateful to be part of this because sex is such a fundamental part of living your best life. So obviously, your diet and your economics and your health and, you know, and your, your spirit, spirit and your well-being spirit, spirit, are all fundamental. But you can't leave your sex life. Sex is such a basic part of your intimacy, your emotional intimacy, your connection to your partner. It's the fiber that keeps the two of you together and different uh, from roommates, but also even for each of us individually, it's such a fundamental part of who we are and when we get cut off from that, everything else sort of gets unraveled as well.
1: Okay. So, uh, we have people who are standing by for Skyping. We're taking your calls Mm -hmm. and, uh, we have your emails also live. So if you have a specific question for Dr. Berman about living your best sex life in 2009, You can email us your question on the right hand side of your computer screen or call us this number that's right there on your screen 866-677-2496 you can do both actually uh to begin let's quickly recap the five steps to better sex that dr berman covered last week here we go
2: here we go so the first one was to tell the truth truth. when we were talking about the show when we were talking about the show we were talking about it in terms of not faking orgasm uh, we heard Luann's story, who had been faking orgasm for over 25 years, and that's not an uncommon story. But it's also telling the truth about what you want in the bedroom. Not only what's not working, but what you'd like to work better, what you want to change, what you want more of. And being honest with yourself when things aren't working in your relationship and aren't working in your sex life. Yeah. Really not sweeping those issues under the
1: rug. Right. And a lot of women, in particular, have trouble doing that. Because yeah. Because if you have been lying for 27 years, mm-hmm. you haven't had an orgasm, You've been faking the orgasm. How do you suddenly now right. come forward and say whatever? Guess
2: what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's scary. I think we need
1: the language for it. Right. And tonight on TV, on, we're not on TV, so we can actually get the language for what to say. Absolutely. Okay, number we're 2 going to. Number two
2: is to ask for what you want. So that means not only figuring it out for yourself, that's the first step, but being able to put into words or actions what it is that works for you. So the, the disconnect is that women think that, you know, if they're in a heterosexual relationship, they think the guy's going to be their knight in shining armor and figure it out for them. If I'm just with the right guy, mm-hmm. then I'll be able to have an orgasm. Then I'll sexually respond. No. You have to own your own sexuality and your own sexual response. And you have to be really explicit. Men like directions. So you yeah, have to they be, do. They do. Yeah, they, they like do. a manual. And so you have to be really explicit about what you want.
1: Dr. Berman's foreplay map is available at Oprah.com to help you start that conversation with your partner. That foreplay map, we were talking about that the other day. A lot of that really... Change things for a lot of people. It
2: really did and, and it's such a great way to get the conversation started and one woman emailed me and asked okay well what happens if it changes if like yeah. tonight I, you know I, I give him this map but it does change from time to time but that's a great thing. Don't this start is... on
1: my ear start yeah. on my nose.
2: Tonight I want my nose first. Yeah. Right I'm... but you have a blueprint to start with and then you can make modifications and you can revisit the map or you can say remember how last time I liked my nose first well tonight yeah. I'd really like this first. So it's, it's an ongoing conversation.
1: Yeah, I was. We were doing a show today, live, mm-hmm. and Dennis Leary was there, and Gail and Allie and Mark. And we were talking about uh, how Dennis Leary had, uh, you know, he was going to do this book. Uh, he actually did this book called Why We Suck, <laughs> and he was going to do this whole chapter on why I sucked. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he started watching the show, and uh, you know, went to Oprah.com, and he, the first word he put in was uh, penis. And uh, we said all this on the air because you can say penis on TV. Yes. And then Allie asked him, well, why didn't you put in the word vagina? And he said, I actually did. And we were then talking during the commercial break with the audience, and we were talking about how um, some words were more comfortable with than others. Right. The vagina word, uh, just uncomfortable. It's easier to say penis than to say vagina. Right, right. And it's easier to say uterus than to say vagina. And we were saying that uterus because it's all, you know, connected to the whole w- woman's Baby. babies yeah, and yeah. all of that, is a lot easier to say than vagina. Is right. that because or a vulva. Or a v- oh, vulva. <laughs> You're going there.
2: I'm going there every time with you. Every time. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Yeah, it is, you know, and it's, it's not, I remember when I first started talking about this on television, it was back, Gosh, in '97, '98, and I think it was—it was I was doing the nightly news, and they said to me, "We don't want you to say the word clitoris." Yes. And I said, "Could I say penis?" And they said, "Yes, you can say penis, but I couldn't say clitoris." Now i, I don't know. Maybe I could say clitoris on the nightly news. I don't, 10 know, if plus years I don't ago, know if you I could. Couldn't. I don't know if you could. Yeah.
1: I know. I well, thought we're that was, it here. I thought that was big. That yeah. was really big because actually, one of the executives at ABC had called me about. The, the vibrators that we were doing on t- TV. And uh, I said, well, you, you're talking about the vibrators. You missed the clitoris demonstration that we did. <laughs> what With has clitoral to pointer. You, Oprah? With a clitoral pointer. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to be explicit this evening. Number three, let's continue down the list. <laughs> Let go of all those negative Right. And we put this up on your
2: website. Sexual messages
1: you've yes. been holding. We
2: put up some great affirmations because one of the Which things Which is easier said than done. Absolutely, because we grow up there we, we grow up with these messages that are overtly given to us verbally by mm-hmm. our parents, mm-hmm. but even more subtly through example and through having our hands slapped away when we were exploring or being taught that sex was dirty or that nice girls don't. Or that they won't buy the account and that's why some women free. are
1: 50 years old right. and older and still calling it down there
2: right yes and have never looked at themselves and it's because they're still we unless you the first step is to stop and recognize what those messages are where they came from and decide whether you're ready to let them go or not because usually once you you say oh yeah that was that's my mom speaking you know here i am a 50 year old woman Is that what I believe?
1: No, that's not what I believe. yeah, women live and die and have never seen their vulva. No.
3: Good girl,
4: vulva.
1: Vulva. (laughs) Number four, go to the doctor. Problems in the bedroom could be a medical issue. Yes. Particularly, you know, we just did the Biidentical show yesterday, which we're going to re-air this Thursday because so many people didn't see it. It was preempted because of the uh, plane rescue. Mm -hmm. Um, But so many women, uh, when they get older, have a dryness in the vagina, and yes. um, their sex is painful. Right, and so they're just Sex thinking- is
2: painful. Their libido goes down, so they have the dryness, they have lack of genital sensation, they have low libido. All of that can be related to hormones, especially yes. if you're in your mid 40s and beyond. Also, anything, things in your medicine cabinet that wouldn't even occur to you, antihistamines, antidepressants, hormonal contraceptives, can all negatively affect your sexual response and your desire. So so we have all of this information online on Oprah.com, and and you definitely want to not rule out, there's always medical factors emotional factors and relationship factors happening simultaneously when there is a sexual issue right. So you don't want to rule out the medical
1: but what was interesting is the show that we did one of the first shows that we did with a woman who didn't know she had a clitoris mm-hmm. uh, when she discovered that uh, she when i saw her actually yeah i knew immediately watching her that it was a hormonal issue
2: yeah yeah, yeah. And that wasn't why she couldn't find her clitoris that was yes, a separate issue, was but, a separate she issue. Had, but she had low libido because she had low testosterone and that those when you have low testosterone that's a hormone of desire so you typically will have low desire low energy low general sense of well-being and low genital sensation wow yeah.
1: so yeah and i want to say to all the women out there particularly if you're over 35 and your hormones are you know fluctuating that that you have to take charge of that for yourself. Absolutely.
2: And you know what I would I would add one that take you a step further and say mm-hmm. if you today are maybe in your 20s or late 20s and happy with what how your body's working mm-hmm. and feeling and how your sexual response is, I recommend you get your hormone levels tested today because what we're learning is that each woman's hormones are as unique as her fingerprint and so, Ooh, so, so if powerful. you if you know what your template is, what your range is for what makes where you know when you're functioning and feeling good, then when things start to change, you know sort of where you're supposed to be.
1: That is so profound because I was saying that yesterday with Robin McGraw, that my generation and her generation, because we're about the same age, year apart, are going to be the pioneers mm-hmm. because the next gen, the generation before us, it's just going to be normal that right. you're going to feel great. And that you're gonna be sexually active and powerful and engaged and yeah. feeling vibrant in your life. Just like throughout your, your life.
2: Just like your generation spearheaded the women's movement. I mean Correct. it's been it's been Correct. the whole all the way through. Actually it was a
1: generation ahead of Gloria right. Steinem.
2: Right. Okay. Right. But now you're now you're guiding the uh, and I
1: get the benefits of that.
2: Right. Yeah. And now we've got the menopausal this whole baby boomer generation now moving through menopause and they're not gonna take it sitting down. They're gonna figure out how to Live their best lives through it.
1: Okay. Number five, make sex a priority in 2009 with a weekly sex night. Now, this could change America. This could really change America. Yeah. Yeah. Put a
2: lot of smiles on people's faces. A
1: weekly sex night. At the minimum.
2: um, During the worst of times and the times you're most stressed, don't let it go more than two weeks. You want to have sex at least once a week, and you want to make a date in pen in your calendar. Be extra nice to each other.
1: That feels uh, too predictable. That feels too... Right, because what
2: we're used to is the fantasy. In the beginning of the relationship, it's easy for sex to happen spontaneously. You can't get enough of each other. But if you wait for that to happen in a long-term relationship, when you know each other's dirty laundry, you have a mortgage, you have kids, you have distractions, you have stress... If you wait for it to happen spontaneously, it never happens unless you're on vacation and you take all those stressors out of the way. Okay, so
1: let's say your night is Friday night at 10 o'clock. Right. And all kinds of stuff has gone under the Mm -hmm. week. You're exhausted and things didn't go the way you wanted to and all kinds of problems. And you're just really, you're not in the mood. Oh, my God, you know?
2: Right. Okay, so two things. One, you want to choose a time. I don't recommend Friday nights for that reason. I said Saturday. Oh, you did? I thought you said Friday. Saturday said, night. Okay, okay, Saturday night's good because then you have some You don't recommend time. Friday, though. No, because you're exhausted from the week. If you're, if you're worried about exhaustion, give yourself a time like Saturday or Sunday, even in the morning, earlier in the day. It doesn't have to be 10 o'clock at night. So plan the time where it might fit best into your schedule and you've had some winding down time because women especially... So Friday
1: night, not good.
2: Probably not if you if you tend to have really busy weeks. Okay. And then the other thing Sunday is Sunday
1: seems like a good day.
2: Yeah, Sunday's good
1: if you're only doing once a week.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 And then you also um, so
1: Dean Dean our stage manager, <laughs> he's loving this.
2: Yeah, he's Lots listening intently. Like, yeah. Um, wait till we bring out the sex toys. Dean is gonna <laughs> sex toys coming up, folks, for sure.
1: All varieties. <laughs>
2: So it's making it on a, on a day or an afternoon or a night that will work and really sticking to it, because what you'll but find...
1: But you're saying that, Laura, but that, that that sounds odd to me. I, I don't think I could ever it do is. that. It I is. That feels odd. odd. I couldn't do it. It
2: is odd at first, but I promise you, when you try it, and I always get pushback from people, but when you try it at first, it, it's a total mind shift. And what you'll find is that you start looking forward to that day, and you start
1: being nicer to each nicer other. And you're nicer,
2: teacher, coming up to that, and you get jokey and silly about it, and you wink at each other, and send each other sexy emails, and you're smiling at each other across the crazy breakfast table with the kids, because you know As that night. You know it. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: you kind of—it becomes a kind of playful, fun date thing. That you get to look forward to, and even those times—it's like the
1: buzzing panties you left the last time.
2: Yes, yes, we'll be doing those. I did
1: give them to my stylist, not. Oh, you did?
2: You didn't? (laughs) I didn't keep them.
1: No, no, I (laughs) could. I work on you. I must say, no, I I, listen. I have a lot of responsibility in the world. I cannot be out in the (laughs) elevator with my panties buzzing.
2: Who knows? I'm willing to do a lot of things. It might release a whole creative channel that you don't even know about. (laughs) I am not willing to be sitting in public (laughs) and my panties are buzzing.
1: I'm just not willing to do it. So I did give that away to someone who would appreciate it more than I. So, if you're wondering what we're talking about, we have a lot of uh, <laughs> sexual things coming up here. Yeah. Dr. Berman assigned homework for each of those five steps to help all of you and your partners get started. You can find those on Oprah.com. Oprah.com, it's a changing, yeah, yes, it after is. this webcast. So, you may remember if you watched the show, Luann and Gerald from our show last week. Tonight, they are joining us from their living room near San Jose, California. Luann admitted, She had faked it for her entire 24-year marriage, but had her very first orgasm after meeting with Dr. Berman. So how are things today, Luann?
5: They are just great. Thank you. We are, um, you know, Gerald and I are getting along great. We're having, you know, we're communicating really effectively. my friends threw a premiere party for me, and it was just fantastic. Everybody, all my friends, went home and took their crosses from above their bed and their pictures of the Virgin Mary out of their bedroom. It was it was fantastic. We had a we had a great time. Oh really? People have the yeah, crosses over was, their bed. Well, we because t- well, it's I'm,
1: hard. I, yeah, you you're right. It would be hard to have great sex with Virgin yeah, Mary looking yeah, at you. Yeah, You
2: got to give your bedroom a sexual makeover. That's that's very yeah. and that's one of that's
1: the. That's that was one of the pieces. Yeah,
5: yeah. And so, how's it been for you? It, it's been fantastic, really. my My relationship with Gerald has never been better. Our um,
1: Gerald, you can smile
5: if no, you no. want to. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: <can smile. laughs> I'm smiling inside.
5: <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we, really, we um, it's it's been a great it's been a great. Uh, Great couple of months for us. It's really just been. Um, it's we have been just so connected. Wow. That's and I, I really, I can't, you I can't express how 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 different. I, I how di- I didn't realize how different having a great sex life would make our overall parenting skills and our life together and our, our everyday. You know,
1: every day is just great. Well, so Gerald, I wonder how things are also changed for you because for 24 years, she was faking it. And I guess you, if she was faking it, you believed her. And so how is it different now?
0: Well, it's, it's been a lot better in a lot of different areas. My, uh, first off, it's been such a great improvement for Luann and her, her overall well-being. She's, She's less stressed out that's what you're she's talking. able to cope with things a lot better and and as far as making love i mean that's it's just increased the intensity and the frequency quite frankly and uh she's less inhibited in the bedroom and i I can tell that she's really enjoying herself a lot more or actually probably enjoying herself period for this but uh <laughs> I'm really glad that uh That We went through with this, you know, when this whole thing started, I had my doubts, but uh, it's really worked out well for Luann and ultimately for me, but uh, I'm glad to see that Luann really seems to be uh, dealing with everything a lot better and... and Um, It's hard to believe that uh, an improved sex life could make that much difference in all areas, but it really has.
1: Well, that's exactly what Dr. Berman is trying to teach us all, right? That's right. right. That's
2: right. And especially in your relationship, because what happens when sex isn't working, you're not allies in the same way. You're not connected. You're not connected in the same way, so everything suffers in ways that you may not even recognize at first.
1: Yeah. And so I just, you know, I always worry about this for people who come on the show. I mean, I really do. I mean, you all were so open about this. And we're still at a point in our country where it's still sort of, if not taboo, because this generation is far more open about it, but it's hard to go back home and then there you are in the Kroger store or Whole Foods And everybody says, oh, you're the woman on, uh, that was on Oprah and you never had an orgasm in 24 years. So did you have to deal with any of that?
5: Yeah, a little bit. Mm -hmm. We went to a, um, quite a large party the next night and there was, I felt a little bit of judgment from a few of them, a few of like an older generation of of people that were there. But uh, for the most part, you know, it was, it was a pretty, pretty positive, Feedback, You know, it, it, I I felt, you know, I'm really proud of what we did. I yeah. really am yeah. because it was really, it was healthy for me. Yeah. So I, I had to go with, with that. Um, I think it's
1: healthy for you. If it was healthy for you, that's really great. That makes me even feel better. And also, liberating for you, but liberating for so many others who maybe couldn't take a step as big as coming on the Oprah show or making a Skype call to us, but having seen you, hearing the story about 24 years and faking orgasms and now knowing where you are can be freed themselves to be truthful.
5: Yeah. It's, you know, I, I felt like, you know, if someone can't look me in the eye again, that's okay. You know, it's, it's not that's something great. I did. It's just, if they're not okay with it, that's, that's fine. You know, my, my family's been the worst. It's, that's what's really been interesting is my, my family's reaction has been... Um, like really, what? Like, except
0: for your sister.
5: Except, except my one sister. Yeah, they were not, um,
1: you know, they weren't, they weren't very... Um, Laura says that's not surprising. Why, Laura?
2: Well, because that's part of the reason Luann was where she was, because oh, of that point. kind of restricted shame around sexuality. So here she oh. is going on the Oprah show talking good about point. sex. Good point. You know, they're going to they're gonna have a negative reaction.
1: Good point. good point. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Luann and Gerald. Thank you. Yeah. Great
2: thank work, you. Thank yes. you. Thank
1: yes. Good thank work. So I know a lot of you have questions for Dr. Berman, so, okay, let's go to the phones. <laughs> Marcia from Toronto has a question. You're up, Marcia.
6: Hi, Oprah. Hi, Dr. Berman. Hi. My question about sex is that I'm not having any, and can not having sex affect my health in any way? Indeed. De- <laughs> Um, Do you recommend another outlet for the sexual energy that I'm not using?
2: Yes and yes. Um, We know that a good sex life helps you with your cardiovascular health, your immune system, your uh, depression, your uh, skeletal muscular health. So it has tremendous health benefits, not only for your physical health, but for your mental health and for your body image. And there has been some research in recent years to show that if you don't use it, you can lose it. So, because you you want, in other words, you want to keep the blood flow, just like to every other part of your body through exercise, you need to exercise your genitals as well. You want to keep the blood flow going to that area so you keep the tissues strong and healthy, you keep the lubrication going, you keep everything healthy in your genital region. So, just from a physiologic standpoint, not to mention, as you say, your sexual energy, you want to have that continued release. So I would definitely say that if you don't have a partner, you don't want to cut off from your sexuality. You can still be sexual with someone you love the most, yourself.
6: Well, um, well, it goes against what I believe in. I am dating right now, so I do have someone in my life, mm-hmm. um, just not believing in casual sex.
2: Well, do you believe in self-stimulation? Is that okay?
6: Well, um, for me, I believe um, sex is a spiritual act as well as physical. Right. So, so
1: what does that mean? You can't touch yourself?
6: Well, I guess it doesn't mean that, but I, I prefer, like the real thing, I prefer to be with someone. Right. And have that contact with another person.
2: Absolutely. I, I totally understand that, and I also understand the sense I'm getting is that if you're going to have sex with another person, you want that to be in a very committed or loving relationship in a way that sort of fits within your moral values. Uh, I will say that I work with so many women who have very strong religious and moral values and just by rote, without really thinking it through, have just assumed that self-stimulation is wrong. And what I find is when we go down the path, and I encourage you to do this too, Marcia, when you go down the path and really think about it, there is... And, and maybe even talk to your pastor or, your, or, or, or someone that you trust about this as well. What I have found, talking to as many religious leaders as I have, that especially if you're alone and not in a relationship that is, quote-unquote, okay to be sexual in, that self-stimulation is a way of really staying healthy and staying in touch as long as it doesn't take the place of finding a healthy, loving relationship. So you, I encourage you to explore that more and not just assume that it's sinful or wrong.
1: I don't know if I would be going to a religious leader to discuss it you,
2: You'd be surprised.
1: I you know what,
2: I, I can that. say that for five years, I used to go every week, it was fascinating, to an orthodox, seriously orthodox rabbi's house because, and have a consult with him, because he had a whole congregation. Well, it depends. You
1: know what? You're suggesting that, and I think that depends upon who your religious leader is. I mean, I've I've met a lot of rabbis who are pretty liberal in their thinking. I don't know if you're, you know, you're living in Alabama, and you're going to a Southern Baptist preacher.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's something to think about. Okay. It's something to think about. But maybe it's not, maybe it's not your religious, maybe it's not your pastor, but it's Someone, a friend who shares But is this a question values. for your
1: pastor, whether or not you should stimulate yourself? Is that a question for, for your people, pastor? For some
2: people, if they're really caught up in it being a sin, yeah. then it sometimes takes... But it's your body. I agree. I mean, listen, I think that it's... It's your body. It's they're... your body. It's healthy. It's good. It's loving yourself. There's nothing wrong. I've read and talked to all different schools of religion about this because I, mean, I face it every day. would you give yourself day. a
1: foot massage? Right. Okay. Yeah. Or an elbow massage. I'm telling you, because <laughs> is really good. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Marcia, well, thank I ha- you. Well, actually, I have talked to, to my pastor about it. And what did he say? He said that um, it is a spiritual act. Okay. So he wouldn't recommend that I um, have casual sex right now.
2: Right. Well, we're not talking about we're casual. Not ta- we're sex. not having ta- casual sex. We're talking about self-stimulation. About. Okay. About stimulating yourself, and it's and in some ways, it's a me- it can be a meditative mm-hmm. practice that is a spiritual act it's just not a spiritual act you're waiting to share that spiritual act because that's your value with someone that you love that you love and that you're committed to and in the meantime you're keeping the plumbing working and keeping connected to your body
6: well I have considered asking him that question but I'm just too embarrassed yeah 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 I think that's a hard question to it go is.
1: to your pastor and ask but I really would you know it's just like we were talking on the show during the commercial break today uh, the Oprah show about how it's easier to say the word uterus than it is to say the word vagina. It's easier to say, I massage my foot than massage my vulva.
2: That's right. But
1: it's all your body. So all what's the difference? And I, massage breasts, and I massage my breast than I massage my elbow.
2: Right. You know? Well, I've had women who won't give themselves breast exams because they feel like that might be too close to self-stimulation. So, exactly. so it's, it's an important question. And if, you know, maybe if there's some religious leaders watching this. Call in, let us know what you think, because... uh,
1: Thank
6: you, Marcia. Well, Oprah, I want to thank you for being an inspiration to me since I was 10 years old, and I'm so thankful for this moment. And
1: how old are you now?
6: I'm 33. Wow.
1: So you've grown up watching The Oprah Show?
6: Yes, I have. Well, thank you. Thank you. So this is a dream come true for me.
1: Thank you, Marcia, from Toronto. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, all the best to you. So Alice from Chicago is on the phone. Alice, what's your question?
6: Hi, I was calling to ask if... If you're supposed to use your Kegel muscles to, uh, if you should squeeze, squeeze them during intercourse to achieve a vaginal orgasm, because I don't know how to get a vaginal orgasm, and I've never understood why women are supposed to exercise your Kegel muscles.
2: Hey, where's Dean? Dean, will you bring the Kegel exercisers here? <laughs> let's, let's talk Hello, about Kegel exercisers.
1: <laughs> Hello, Dean. Hi. Dean Dean's you have our Kegel. Kegel instruments. Yeah, I
2: brought some Kegel exercises. These are two from my line, but, but other lines make them as well. Uh, this is called the Isis, and this is called the Juno. This is a beginning. Well, since
1: you're here, you might as well promote yeah. your line. What's your line?
2: It's called the Berman Center Intimate Accessories. Okay. Um,
1: Which you can get on Amazon.com. You can get Amazon.com, drugstore.com. Along with Edgar Sautel, our book, yeah. club, you know, book club. You can Everything get yourself you a Kegel exerciser, <laughs> and you can also get yourself a...
2: Um, so <laughs> this... So first of all, Alice, to answer your question... Uh, Kegels are very important, not only for avoiding. Explain incontinence. it for everybody.
1: Who okay, doesn't so know kegel, what a kegel muscles
2: is. are the muscles that surround the, you know, basically they run in a figure eight around your vagina and anus, and they're the muscles that you. That's use. That's another word,
1: hard word. Anus, anus. Mm, hard.
2: Um, and uh, they, they, uh, they are the muscles that you use to stop the flow of urine. That's how you identify. That's them. right. When you. When you stop,
1: when you're in traffic and you got to go really bad it. and right. you're squeezing it, you're right. squeezing the kegel. That's right. Okay. Um,
2: so when you exercise them, you don't want to do that during urination because you might cause a urinary tract infection. But you do want to exercise your kegels several hundred times a day, both to avoid incontinence leaking when you cough. Get off, out.
1: You said that.
2: Yes. And a hundred times a yeah, day. Yeah, but you can do them right now. You could do ten what, in ten seconds. Do them right. You Right yeah, okay, I will. Go ahead. Squeeze. All right, so while I'm talking, do your Kegels. You should do them slow and fast. <laughs> um, and you don't have to make faces, so no one has to know you're doing them. But, <laughs> um, but you want to you want to squeeze and release slow and also fast. And you also want to exercise those core muscles that you do during core exercises, those transverse abdominal muscles, because yeah. that's part of it. Now, during intercourse, you squeeze those muscles because that creates more friction around your G-spot. Your G-spot is in like a third of the way into the vagina and the belly button side. So if a penis is in there and you squeeze your muscles, it makes your vagina tighter and provides more friction. So if you can either just do them on your own, some women prefer strengtheners, which is what these are. So this is one called Isis. And it's an unweighted one. It's great for beginners if you've never done this before. And it so gets, how would
1: you get you this instrument? You insert this.
2: You can get it on,
1: it's in Amazon my line. Yeah,
2: at Amazon.com. Just look up for pel- pelvic uh, Kegel exercisers. Well, then. Or they're called your Kegel muscles or your pubococcygeus muscles, PC okay. muscles. Okay. And you insert it into the vagina and squeeze around it. And you start off lying down and you eventually can do it standing up. And then with this one, if you're... No, you more... need to
1: be very clear, because this is like making a t- basting a okay. turkey. All right. You have to tell people to take the plastic stuff all right, out. All right. So, you take, so the, you, you take the plastic off of it. So you're not like walking around no. with this, no. you know, walking no. around.
2: You're not to... walking around, although you'd be surprised, <laughs> the stories I hear.
1: <laughs> you're not <laughs> standing at a bus stop trying yeah. to squeeze the right, thing. Squeeze, you know? release, okay.
2: squeeze, release, hold it in. Um, no, so you start off lying down and supporting it and then yes. once you feel like you can do that, you stand up at home alone or maybe uh-huh. with a friend if you want to. Um squeeze around it Uh and try to, and and you support it at first, but eventually try to just hold it in with your muscles alone. And Uh that gives you really good control. Now, this one is a more advanced one. This is a weighted
1: one. PhD.
2: Yeah. PhD Kegels. Masterclass. So, um, so I always say that if you have good control of your Kegels and your transverse abdominals, you should be able to squeeze your Kegels in, in and up, in and up. Yeah. In and up. That's if you're using your transverse too. Yeah. In and back. And even side to side, alternating sides.
1: Can't do that. (laughs) We got to give you one (laughs) of these. Not sure what, (laughs) nude. Go ahead. And
2: um, so this one, you would again start lying down, and you start with the biggest side first. So this
1: is just for Kegel. Now that looks like it can also be some kind of. It can be
2: yes. Some women use this for um, sexual stimulation as well.
1: Okay, so it's Kegel and or.
2: And or anything else you choose.
1: Okay. Did that help you, Alice? Yes, it sure did. Thank okay. you. I'm so happy we did. Do
2: your <laughs> exercises.
1: Okay. So you sh- you could be kegling all day. Traffic
2: lights at your desk. I have a, uh, a woman who told me she, uh, when she goes on road trips, she does Kegels every mile sign. She does 10 Kegels. Okay, and so then in <laughs> the
1: end, that makes for what? Better... It makes
2: for better sex. An orgasm is basically an intense contraction and release of muscle tension. So if your pelvic floor muscles are part of what contract and release during orgasm, if the stronger they are, the more intense those contractions are going to be. So I have women do Kegels who either can't reach orgasm, their orgasms are less intense, they want to reach orgasm during intercourse... And of course, to avoid incontinence. So let's prolapse. say you
1: Kegled for a week.
2: Yeah. I would say in two weeks, you could see a huge difference.
1: In your... In your sexual
2: response, especially if you use them during penetration, during intercourse, uh-huh. you'll have more friction, and you'll also have more intense
1: orgasms. Okay, so Kegel for a week, and then you'll notice more intense orgasms. Right, and
2: this is a big one, too. For those women, it dry, It makes me crazy, the, all this, this trend of what they call vaginal rejuvenation surgeries, where these women are yes. getting surgeries to make their vagina smaller. And first of all... You're doing nerve damage that you don't even necessarily understand. You're ch- often they're changing the shape of the vagina, which creates pain afterwards. But if you just use your muscles, strengthen your muscles, you can squeeze around a pencil if you need to. So, so if you so often these women are having these surgeries, it's because their their kegel muscles aren't strong enough.
1: Yes, and is that because they've delivered children or yeah, were-
2: it's. it's- Children and childbirth, I mean, having a vaginal delivery is pushing a bowling ball through your pelvic floor. I mean, it's the equivalent of and that. And the
1: Kegels just go, I can't help it. Yeah, you.
2: Kegels are <laughs> like, we're, we're gone until you kick us back into gear. But okay. they do recover in most cases.
1: So the number one question that you all asked after last week's show was, where do I get the vibrator that Dr. Berman talked about? <laughs> Dr. Berman, <laughs> that I understand that that was called the Aphrodite. That was
2: the Aphrodite. Okay. Uh, that, Dean, where's the Aphrodite? Oh, look, Dean's reading our minds. Yes. Look at
1: this. And right. that that a year's supply that Amazon.com had.
2: Well, yeah, our, our, my manufacturer had a year supply, and in a, at Amazon and at the other places because they're sold all over the country, sold out in four hours after your show. So, uh, so the Aphrodite right now is on back order. Um, I just look at that
1: thing. I just wonder, is it necessary to be that
2: big? Well, not necessarily. The reason that I like this one for beginners, and this is the one that I recommended to Luann, is that it's very strong. And I'm going to show you one in a minute that is very strong and much smaller. The downside of this is that you you wouldn't necessarily use this easily during sex with a partner. You know, it's kind of big and cumbersome. But it's something that... Kind of feels less threatening to women because it could be a back massager, which some women use it as, as well, because there's a heated side. Um, It's
1: strong. And it really is a back massager. Yeah,
2: and it covers a large surface. So the areas on on a woman's vulva that are really sensitive are her clitoris, her periurethral area, the area around the urethra, the inner labia, and this covers a really large part. It's not like a pinpoint, it covers a really large area that's rich in nerve endings. So that works. That's why we call it the Sure Thing. Okay. But it's really called the acrodite. But now it's
1: sold out.
2: Yeah, at least for like about six weeks to two months. So, so it is sold out right okay, now, but so we're going to show one you sold other. sold out,
1: but Dr. Berman brought a variety of vibrators from her yeah. own Berman Center Intimate Accessories line to show us tonight. Thank so.
2: you. All right, so I'm going to, sh- you ready?
1: I am really
2: all right. fine. <laughs> so this, this is, is my one. last
1: night. I've been jet lagged all week, so and the inauguration starts, and here I am with talking
2: vibrators. Here we go. Um, so this is the Athena that is. Um, Very strong also and very unthreatening and small. So women, I use this a lot with beginners. I give this to beginning self-stimulators or women who have never had orgasms and it has all these different attachments
1: you can put on top. It's waterproof. Yeah, I I like this because it's like a little perfume spray. Yeah, it's a
2: cute little thing and it's very strong um, and it covers a pretty wide, you know, for a small thing. Hold it up
1: so everybody can see. See, it's like a perfume spray. Yeah, it's a
2: cute little thing.
1: As opposed to carrying that That, Well, you're not
2: going to carry this in your purse, no. This, and this is great, too, because you can incorporate it into lovemaking. So if you need, most women who have orgasms during intercourse need clitoral stimulation during intercourse, and this is a great way to get it. So this is a good one, the Athena. Um, Now, for women who want to have a G-spot orgasm, Uh Um, G-spot. Or- G-spot orgasm. Now this, so if you want to have a G-spot orgasm, you've never had one.
1: Which are far more intense and right. powerful.
2: Um, and that you want to, I recommend exploring the G-spot on your own first mm-hmm. before you try it during intercourse because it can be, you know, hard to find. You want to experiment. Um, so you can do it manually by yourself or you can use a G-spot stimulator, which is curved. So this is one in my line. I have several of them, but this one is called Paris. And this one vibrates as well, and so you would insert this into the vagina, and this rubs against the G-spot. So when you've hit the G-spot, you'll often feel um, the uh, urge to urinate, and that's because it's so close to the urethra, where the urine comes out. So it's stimulating the nerves there, and that's a good sign you're in the right spot. So this is a great way to explore G-spot stimulation. And then if you've already found your G-spot, you're more an advanced G-spot or you want that blended orgasm. Because remember, there's three types of orgasm. There's the clitoral ones, which you would get with the Athena you know, or the Aphrodite. And there's the G-spot ones, which you would get with the, uh, this one. And then there is the Adonis. <laughs> Look at your face. This Looks one, like a
1: cell phone and, and something combination. Oh, my um, gosh. That's the next
2: thing. You just gave me a great idea—a cell phone that doubles as a vibrator. I'll have to think about that one. Well, for that looks line. like a cell phone. Yeah, it right does. There. This one has like seven different settings. It's a very intense. And how? Intense... What is this? All right, I so I'm going to show you how it works. Which
1: end is in? So
2: this is the part that stimulates the G spot. So uh, this is the vagina. It goes into the vagina. Yeah. And what are the little? And uh, then there are these finger grooves. So your clitoris is right here. This is your vulva on the outside, right? And your (laughs) clitoris is right here, and you use these finger grooves to go up like this. So this part is against your clitoris and labia, and then you rock it back and forth. So you're getting simultaneous and consistent G-spot and clitoral stimulation. So this one women go crazy over. They really like this one for the blended orgasms.
1: And what's it called?
2: It's called the Adonis.
1: The Adonis. Yes. And this is just to hold the battery, the other part's just for yeah, me. for
2: the and for the remote, there's a long cord. I don't have it all the way open, but you can set it and just use, you know, it's not all tied together. So like is that. this
1: something that you are doing with yourself or is someone doing this for you?
2: Both. You can do all of these with a partner if you want to or by yourself. So if you're solo or if you just want to do it and have your partner watch or if you want your partner to do it for you... You can do all that. These are great ways to spice things up. And they're not too expensive, I mean, especially in this economy. We want to think about that. This one, of course. the Athena is about $10. Um, this one is about $20. This one, uh, let me see if I have, I think I... I hear
1: that the sale of these uh, products has gone up because of the economy.
2: But it has, That's yeah, because the economy, because people are would rather just invest you know, $20, $50, whatever it is, in a fun sex toy and stay at home and sort of be playful and spice things up and get some sexual relief from the tension. But also it's a nice way to spend a night in. And this one has a really good bang for your buck too, because it's several things in one. This is called the Aurora. And so it has two different bullets. This one I put in, a, it comes with a little silicone harness. Mm -hmm. So the woman could use this herself. Once again, it has a long cord and a remote control. The woman could use this herself externally, right? She Mm -hmm. could use it alone, either one of these bullets Mm -hmm. alone, internally or externally. And this is a little holster that the guy can wear. So this goes around his penis. Oh, please. Yeah, around his penis for hands-free clitoral stimulation okay. during intercourse.
1: You have just crossed the line with me.
2: Okay, so okay. you ready?
1: <laughs> you No, you have crossed the line with me. I don't know what the hell you're talking All about All right,
2: now. look. <laughs> Here's the penis. <laughs> <laughs> I Love swear, I'm not
1: ready for it. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready for it. No, I am not ready for it. I am not nearly as advanced as I thought I was. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, 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 no. Let's move on. Okay, Lisa okay. is Skyping in. Hello, Lisa. Lisa. Hi, Oprah. Hi there. Just went a little too far from me. Well, we didn't even get to the toy clean. Never mind. Lisa's there with her husband, Bill, from their family room in Michigan. What's your question? Well, first of all, thank you for doing this series. It's opened up quite
2: a lot of conversations even among friends for the past couple weeks. I'm sure it has,
1: really. Thank you,
5: thank you, go ahead. My question is, let's say you get beyond the, um, being a little scared about all this and you choose your sex toy, how do you incorporate this into lovemaking? Do you
2: circle Tuesday night on the calendar as toy night? Do you pull it out from underneath your pillow and say, let's try this? Right, Um, yeah. What do you What's do now? What's the
1: language for it? Yeah, That's yeah. Right. What's, What's the, the language? language? Well,
2: I mean, I think it's impor- It's helpful to talk about ahead of time, and I think yes. what you're talking about is that you already know...
1: Dean's going to remove them. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: You, uh, you already know that you want to use them. You've talked about it, so how do you do so spontaneously? And I think any of the things you're talking about are good. I also recommend just having a little drawer in your night table or a nice little box that you can put under your bed That's that's your toy box. And so when you want it, you can just sort of pull it out. Um, I have had some couples that make it sex toy night uh, or, you know, or play night or experimentation night. And I I even have couples who I've had uh, do a fantasy box. So they each write down all the fantasies they would want to act out together and put them in a box. And from time to time, they pull one out and uh, act it out. So this is sort of the same thing.
1: Well, I think they've already... Listen, you guys seem to already have set the mood there. you got the fireplace going. (laughs) You're holding hands snuggled up in front of the fire. Yeah, you're ready. You're really nice. Oh, the kids are coming back home. Uh. Ah. the kids are coming back home. Well, thanks, Lisa and Bill. But but she's right. There needs to be a language for, you know, how do you even integrate this? But I, I like that idea of the nightstand.
2: Yeah, and we have a lot of these um, idea conversation starters on Oprah.com, it's hard to too. get
1: that big, whatchamacallit, The it, Aphrodite. aphrodite yeah,
2: the you need yeah. a big drawer for that one. That might go in your, a lot of women keep that in their bra or underwear drawer. Okay. For special occasions.
1: Skyping in from Orange County. Girlfriends, Laura, Brooke, Camille, and Patience. Camille, what's your question for Dr. Hi, Hi Oprah. Hi, Hi guys. Um,
3: I was actually really interested in that Aphrodite when I saw that on Friday. And, um, I, my question was, I'm not afraid to use it, but I'm also fine with my husband and his skills, no problems there. But I wondered to incorporate that like on a lazy day, if you will, or whatever, if that will sabotage his abilities in the long run, because i have heard, I didn't know if it was a myth, if, if you're using a vibrator, which is so strong and powerful, then uh, maybe your husband's you know, manual skills aren't quite as good or strong enough, maybe? Yeah.
2: It's a great question. It's and a good question. Yeah, and the bottom line is that no human can compete with a vibrator in terms of the direct intensity and frequency of the stimulation. But, but women's sexual response is also so wrapped up in how they're feeling with the, about the person they're having sex with, how into it they are. So there's so many factors that are gonna go into your sexual response that a vibrator can't replace. That being said, you know, if you're only using the vibrator, I always encourage women to kind of keep both skill sets alive. So sometimes you use a vibrator and sometimes you don't. And if you kind of keep both going, then you stay used to both.
1: Because if you only used a vibrator and you became accustomed to... Right.
2: uh, You can still relearn how to have an orgasm a different way, but but you get kind of used to that and then it's
3: hard
1: the other way. Harder. Harder. Anybody else have a question there?
3: Yeah. I have a question, Oprah. Okay. I was just wondering, I'm Brooke. I was just wondering what the best position was to achieve a G-spot orgasm. Okay.
2: Well, we talked about the Kegels. That's important. Um, we, uh, so it, a woman on top is a great way because uh, you can provide more friction that way. Also a male behind. Um, but there's one position uh, called the CAT, the coital alignment technique. Um, but basically it's a variation on the missionary position, the traditional position with the man on top. So if you, yeah, it's in there. It's in there. It's in real sex for real women. I don't remember what what page you might have to just look. Oh, (laughs) bye. But basically, basically you do. (laughs) You didn't know what you're getting yourself into. It's in there.
1: It's in there. It's right in here. It's all in there. Okay. Okay. Um,
2: but yeah, it's a variation on the missionary position where he kind of lifts up and over um, and rocks back and forth, and that rocking motion uh, really helps with G-spot stimulation because you kind of need that consistent uh, friction there. Does
1: so that make was, sense? I was going to see if okay. it was okay.
2: the, cats, the cat. The cat. But even if we Quite saw it, I, I wasn't going yeah, to show it. Yeah, I don't. The
1: lawyers are like it. No, I don't see it here. The cat. Uh but it's in here. Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> Yeah, just look at the index. Very stimulating. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. David from Georgia is on the phone. They look so good. Sit all lined up there yeah. in the green. On the phone, David. Delta. Hi, David. How are you, how you doing?
7: Just fine. Hey, Dr. Berman. Hey, listen, I love my wife. Um, we have good sex now, but I'd like for it be a little bit better. Um, she likes it to be hard, fast, and furious, but... I climax way before she has a chance to achieve an orgasm.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: Are there, are there any kind of ways I can train myself so I have more endurance and staying power?
1: Yeah, Kegels for men.
2: Yeah, Kegels for Kegel's men. Kegels for men. Yeah. That's a big part of it, learning to use your muscle control and your breath. So what I recommend is that when you do it on your own through self-stimulation, and if 10 is orgasm, you know, the point of no return, you get yourself to a 7, and then either stop you know, or squeeze those muscles and use your breath and bring yourself back down to a 4 out of 10. And then get yourself back up to a 7 and then move back to a 4. And do that several times until you really get the hang of it and you really practice it on your own. And then you can start practicing it with your partner as well. And if that doesn't work, there are other techniques, I don't know how graphic you want to get, called the squeeze technique and the stop-start technique. The stop-start basically means stopping and starting. The squeeze technique, some men need extra help stopping the stimulation so you can squeeze right uh, below the glands of the penis, so the head of the penis right below there, and that will tamp down the stimulation a lot as well.
1: Did that help you, David?
0: Well... Yes, it does. Um,
7: also, I practice the Kegels on my own, um, but I haven't done them for a very long time. How How long should I keep doing them before I see it?
1: Yeah, I, I bet it's like any other
7: exercise. Right, you got
2: to keep doing it. Those muscles get weak if you don't, and you want to squeeze those and take really deep breaths uh, to sort of quiet the arousal and hold yourself back a little bit. Um, but you want to do several hundred a day just like the women and on an ongoing basis. And if you don't keep doing them, they will weaken, especially with age. As our testosterone lowers, all of our muscle tone diminishes, including our Kegel muscle
1: tone.
7: Okay. Well, thank you both very much.
1: Thank you, David, for making Georgia. Another group of friends joining us from outside of Austin, Austin, Texas. Hello, Christy, Casey, Amy, and Shannon. What's your Hi-ya. question? Hi. <laughs> hi, hi, ladies. <laughs> Your question for Dr. Berman. So a lot Actually, of women have, are watching tonight. I uh,
3: have two questions. Yeah. One is, I've noticed that when I administer oral sex to my
8: husband, his
4: joy juice
3: will, uh, will taste different every time. Sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's a salty. And I was just wondering if that is dietary <laughs> and if there's some way that I can control it. I have a little bit of a sweet tooth.
1: <laughs> Lord, this is a new day. Have mercy. <laughs> And I I would have never expected that from Austin, Texas, I swear. (laughs) I I declare I wouldn't expect it from you girls down there, but okay.
2: It's a really common question that I get asked. And yes, diet does affect it. Um, If, you know, the things that seem to affect it in negative ways are alcohol, smoking, broccoli, uh, spicy foods like curry will negatively affect. Positively affecting would be uh, pineapple juice, um, peppermint, celery, cranberry juice, those have all uh, been studied <laughs> and seem to improve the, the flavor of semen, or joy juice, as she called it out, <laughs> which I think is hilarious.
1: Did you think long and hard about that question today?
2: <laughs> she did. Oh, of course. Of course she did. I have another question.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
3: We were talking about the Aphrodite in... I've noticed that some of those vibrators are really, really powerful. And I was wondering if you use them frequently, can you get any nerve damage in that area? Right.
2: Um
1: you because that, that Aphrodite looks like a lawnmower, doesn't it? You just go right in there. It's like a roto rooter, just you
6: know, take you out. That thing. <laughs> right, right. You have a jackhammer God. Hammer.
2: No, you um you The
1: crew's loving this by the way. I That's know great. and they're loving I, your hey, discomfort. Hey fellas. Yeah. <laughs> the best part is seeing you squirm so much. I know. Much. I've never uh, squirmed this much since the Michael Jackson interview. In 1992. <laughs> go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Um, So there's no evidence to ever have suggested that you can, quote unquote, do nerve damage. But um, so I wouldn't worry about that. I think along the lines of of another question that we got earlier, you can get kind of used to that kind of stimulation, so that regular partner stimulation doesn't feel as intense. And many women, if they if they already have good sensation, you want to get a vibrator that has escalating vibrations, so it starts off low and gets higher and higher and higher. Because you may need a lower sensation, a lower vibration than a woman who might be uh, having less sensation because of perimenopause or because of any medications she's on, and she needs a lot of vibration. So you don't want to use more than you need, mostly because you start to feel numb after a little bit. Okay,
1: okay. anybody else in Austin?
3: I have one. Go ahead. A little less shocking. Um, <laughs> we have uh, preteens in our house, and we're finding it increasingly difficult to have alone time in our house because our preteens stay up later than us. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for us who have preteens in the house and, Trying to work our way around it.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is not to be so freaked out about them having a concept of what you're doing. I mean, it doesn't mean that you need to give them details on what you're doing or say, (laughs) okay, honey, good night, we're going to make love now. Um, But.
1: (laughs) But <laughs> it 's too much information yeah that 's too that is yeah. too much
2: information, but the first thing any parents should do is put a lock on their door and have their kids learn from an early age that sometimes mommy and daddy you know we love each other and we take private time from time to time, and that should be an ongoing thing their whole lives. You have a monitor in your room when they 're young, if they need you, you can go to them, but you lock that door. And you give yourself that private time. And them knowing what you're doing is okay. You're giving them the model of what a loving, intimate, sexual relationship is. And that's what you eventually want for them. So the intimacy, the romance, the sexual connection they see the two of you have is going to be what they're going to look for in their future mate.
1: I think that's really powerful because I think so many parents feel that if I leave, if I lock the door, that it means I'm not being a good parent, I should be available to my children at all times. Right. Right? Is that what you were thinking or not?
3: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned with uh, what they might think and how they're going to feel about it and how much they're They're going to think
1: it, something's you know? going on in there because what they're going to think is that something is going on in there that they are not privy to.
2: Right, and they're probably going to... And if they're old enough, they're going to think, ew, mom and dad are doing it. Yeah. You know, but that's... <laughs> but that's, da- that's not damaging. That's not... What would be damaging is if you gave them the details afterwards, you know, or if you did the reverse and talked to them about how you had no sex. I mean, you don't want to... You know, they shouldn't be privy to what goes on in your sex life, but knowing that you are sexual together is good. It's healthy. It's natural. It's nothing to be ashamed of. You're modeling for them what
1: that's a loving right, relationship is. Right, because that's is. how you learn what to do in your own relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How you see your father treat your mother and vice versa. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Austin, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> you shockaroos. shakaroo's <laughs> Okay. Go let's... eat
2: some celery and pineapple juice, or tell him to.
1: Let's go to Joy from Atlanta on Skype.
4: Joy? Hi, Oprah. Hi, Dr. Berman. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. This has been a fabulous series. I'm enjoying it immensely. Thank you. Um, My question, Dr. Berman, is I just recently turned 60. I've been divorced for about five years. And obviously, I want to get into a relationship and become sexually active. But I've been hearing some new trends that have been going on. And the trend is to shave your vagina or wax it. And um, that is kind of new to me. But evidently, that is the new deal. And there's, <laughs> ab- there's new ways of, uh, there's even hairstyles for it. And <laughs> the question is, is this safe? Um, and is it sanitary? And is this a good idea? Well,
1: I didn't know there were hairstyles. Oh,
4: yeah, dye oh, yeah. jobs uh-huh. and
1: shapes you can make it into
2: and all sorts <laughs> of things. Um, uh-huh it is quite popular now to do what's called the brazilian which is either removing all of the hair off of your vulva or l- leaving a little strip um and a lot of young women do that a lot of women don't but it is becoming increasingly common i think more so it's about just being well
1: groomed in that area whatever style you choose like if you're going out for wearing a bikini or something right. But I think women are doing it because... For, not to be well-groomed, but is it does it help sex in any well, way? Well, they,
2: ha- they feel like the lack... I think part of it is that the lack of hair provides more sensation because there's more... It's easier to feel. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I think it's because what women are seeing in the men's magazines. That's what, you know, that's what they see, and that's what's hot and sexy right now. Um, but it's certainly, you know, not required if that's not something you're comfortable with. And if you do choose to do it, you obviously want to take... You want to be very careful when you're shaving your vulva, especially around your labia. You want to use a clean razor. You want to consider waxing and going to some, a place that is very clean and licensed to wax and specializes in that and uh, waxing the bikini area. Um, and usually the esthetician or the person doing it will ask you lots of specifics about the style you want. Uh, if you choose to go that route. But I wouldn't feel pressured or worried about doing it if, you, if you're if you not comfortable with it.
1: Now, how did you feel when you first heard uh, that people were doing it, Joy, that it was, uh, that it's now become a fairly common thing? I don't know how common, but fairly common. Yeah.
4: Um, I was really surprised. I mean, I grew up my whole life, and um, I actually had to have it shaved down at my vagina area for a surgery. And I remember getting a rash, and it was itchy, and running to the corners to have a quick scratch. <laughs> so now that this has come commonplace and obviously pleasurable for the men, I'm just wondering if I really want to go through with all that. Yeah,
2: yeah. and shaving will grow in quicker and, and, and more, you know, so it is itchier when it grows in than waxing. But you certainly, like I said, don't. I would, you know, you definitely want to trim and groom, but, <laughs> but other than that, I don't think much is Joy, required. I wouldn't
1: go all the way right yeah, now if I knew yeah, you. That
2: definitely, yeah, definitely. Do it in baby steps if yeah. you're going to do it. You might
1: want to do a hairstyle yeah.
2: and then. <laughs> Slowly work your Slowly way through. Slowly work your way through. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> I had never heard that there were hairstyles. Oh,
2: yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mimi's yeah. over there, I know, who d- d- does your makeup, who also is an esthetician. Yes. Does yeah, don't you she'll do tell these?
2: You. Don't you do these, Mimi? Mimi does hairstyles on women. Don't you do a lot of waxing? Okay. Yeah, she does a lot of waxing, and women will get hearts made or initials.
1: Mimi, you're on TV now.
5: (laughs) Oh, no, I'm
1: not. Yeah, you are right now. You're on the web. And so, what is the most popularly requested uh, <laughs> hairstyle, as Joy was talking about? I didn't know
4: there were hairstyles. No, we don't do hairstyle. We do Brazilian bikini wax. But, um, but what? Brazilian is style? everything gone, right? No, actually, Brazilian, you live a, a landing strip. Yeah. And then, if strip. you want a full Brazilian, then you take everything off. Okay. Yes, but a
1: Brazilian has a landing. strip. But I've heard some women get like hearts and yes. things, or flowers, or initials. You can get or your husband's you initials. Put... You can get your husband's yeah. initials and for my... Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, That's yeah, right. or put a little decal, a little temporary tattoo there. Okay, this is clearly one of those things I am telling you to do that I won't be doing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I... so. The most requested is a Brazilian. Yeah. Uh, a little landing strip, Mimi, or all the way. All the way. All the way. And is that because they're wearing bikinis and going on vacation, or just uh, not at all?
4: Because the bikinis are not that small that they're gonna see hair <laughs> coming out of it. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the bikini. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: How many do you do a day? Would you say?
4: Actually, I don't do them. I have uh, two people who work for me. Who do them? So, but they do about um, six or eight a day.
1: Right. I've been downstairs in the spa getting a pedicure, and I've seen people go in the room with you. What are they doing in there? I know they do eyebrows with me. Oh, they're doing eyebrows? Yes. Like I did today <laughs> They're doing eyebrows. They're not doing Brazilians. Oh, I thought they were doing <laughs> Brazilians. I, I, to this moment, Mimi, I thought everybody was coming downstairs getting... I thought, well, this... And, you, and I'm getting a pedicure, so I'm watching people march in. Here at Harper, we have a little spa here, and I think, God, it's shocking the number of people getting Brazilians, <laughs> but they're getting eyebrows. Thank you, Joy, for bringing that up. And good
2: luck thank getting back out there.
1: Good luck getting back out there. Yeah. B- out there. yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Rusty, Sarah, and Valerie are joining us from Indianapolis. Valerie, your question
3: is? Hi, Dr. Berman. My question is, how do I get my husband interested in trying new things without seeming really pushy? Try a Brazilian. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, surprise him. There you go. That's a good, that's a good idea. Come home with his initials and your butt, and that right. will change things. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: like it kind of hard. <laughs> yeah,
2: that is, that's a good idea. Also, um, you know, try, start off small. So you may, Dean, do you have the lubricants? Um, you can start off, there's some great, fun, playful lubricants out there uh, now. Dean's gonna bring us some to show you. Or, um, so you don't necessarily have to bring out like a whole bag of sex toys necessarily at first. Um, but, like, for instance, uh, KY in your drugstore makes some great products. This is a two-in-one warming massage uh, oil. So you it can be used as a lubricant and a massage oil, and it kind of heats up. So you can give them a massage and then use it as a lubricant as well. Um, and then this is... Um, called yours and mine, a product they have. So one is for him and one is for yours, you. By KY. Yeah, by KY, by the KY brand. And they, um, and when they, and they sort of create kind of tingling, warm sensations. And when they come together during intercourse or during sexual Where do you play, put them? You put them on your genitals. Oh. Yeah, these, this is lubricants just for your genitals. This is a two-in-one massage oil. Um, and It the, goes over your whole body? Um, That can go over your whole body and can be used as a lubricant as well. A lot of massage oils you wouldn't necessarily want to use as a lubricant, and a lot of lubricants you wouldn't necessarily want to use as a massage oil. So the cool thing about this product is that it's not only warming, kind of creates that tingling sensation, but you can use two in one, uh, use it for both. And then, um, so so that's a good way to start. Uh, These are just liquid beads. This is great for women who have dryness. We were talking about dryness earlier. This you put inside... Your vagina and it keeps you lubricated for up to four days so you don't have to keep reapplying it. Um, so, this is a non hormonal option that KY also makes. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you might do to surprise him, uh, and I find that guys are always interested in this uh, this is one product that I have in my line called Astrea, but these are wireless remote control vibrating panties. So, you wear the panties, mm-hmm. they have a little uh, vibrating bullet inside the crotch of the panties. And then you go honey i have a present for you and you give him the wireless remote control and then you tell him what it does and whenever he uh, activates turns on the control it's going to stimulate you up to 12 feet away so you can go to it so you're
1: out to dinner with friends yeah or at a boring elevator, cocktail party cocktail party
2: and yeah. uh, so it's a way to kind of get playful and give him the control and have some fun in kind of non-threatening ways. And then if you're more adventurous and wanting to spice things up, you can use my mistress kit, which has some furry purple handcuffs and a little purple feather duster and um, a blindfold. So you can sort of take turns tying each other up, give each other massages or tickle each other or kiss each other or play with different food stuffs and have fun. But I wouldn't introduce this first if he's a little bit wary. I would introduce the other stuff.
1: Has anything interested you here?
2: I definitely have
1: to get those panties. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I don't understand the whole tying-up thing.
2: Yeah, well, for women especially, there's this idea of surrender, uh, especially for women who are so in control all the time, and they Uh love the uh, especially in the relationship. Maybe that's why
1: I don't understand the whole tying-up thing.
2: Why would I want to be tied up? (laughs) Because you give up the control. You surrender your power. And there's something very liberating, releasing, and exciting about that. And you put yourself completely in your partner's hands. Okay.
1: Okay, you're gonna try the panties though, right?
2: Yeah.
3: Yes, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a good (laughs) gift. I have
3: another question
1: though. Yeah, go ahead
3: guys, Rusty, Sarah, and Valerie. I have never tried anal sex. I'm terrified of it.
4: Mm -hmm. And
3: uh, how do I do this? Or how do I at least get comfortable enough to try it? Right.
2: Well, first of all, you're not – you're certainly not required to try it, uh, but it does seem to be something that's on the wish list of a lot of men uh, to try. It's Why? Kind of Why? There. Why do men there, to... It's taboo. It's fascinating to them. It's exciting. It's, you know, forbidden. It's uh, – Painful? Well, very tight, oh. <laughs> you know, for lack of a better word. I'd um,
1: say – I'd say uh, Kegel yourself. Yeah, Kegel
2: yourself, and then it'll be tight. Um but, uh, yes, so the, the main thing is the relaxation. So if you're anxious about it, first of all, the anus doesn't have natural lubricant, so, like the vagina does, so you want to have a lot, a lot, a lot of lubricant. Um, and you also need to have, I believe, a tremendous amount of trust because the second you tense, uh, it's almost impossible to do. So it requires a lot of relaxation, a lot of comfort, a lot of trust, and a lot of lubricant. and a a lot of care you want to go very slowly you may want to start with a finger first and work your way up to his penis I mean you you definitely it's some women really if they want to do it and that's assuming they want to you really have to work your way into it but women who do have anal sex many of them find it extremely pleasurable
1: does anyone else have a
5: question (laughs) I do Oprah I've got right ahead My first question is, my husband and I are working on the blended orgasm, but we're not quite there yet. Dr. Berman, are there positions that we could try to maybe be more successful?
2: So the blended orgasm is the G-spot and clitoral, and what you're looking for is that simultaneous stimulation. Um, So as I mentioned before, the CAT, the coital alignment technique that is in the book, The Real, Real Sex for Real Women, there are lots of positions in there. Uh, for blended orgasms. <laughs> holding up the book. Um, so yeah, you can she's see. holding up the book. <laughs> um, so there's lots of positions in there. You want to be in a position, you can also use a small vibrator like the Athena I showed earlier, uh, or okay. the Aurora that freaked Oprah out. Um, you can use those for Aurora. clitoral stimulation during intercourse. And then if you use your kegel muscles, you're squeezing, providing that friction uh, around your G spot, and also getting clitoral stimulation.
1: Okay. Got it? Yeah. Yes. How, but, how old are you guys? May I ask you that? I'm 35. 35. I'm 28.
3: 28?
1: 28. 37. 37. It's clearly an interesting dynamic here. First of all, <laughs> 10 years ago, we would not have been able to have this conversation no. anywhere <laughs> except on some, I don't know, where we could even no. have had this conversation. And it clearly is a difference in the um, 30-year-old generation and uh, my generation, because I'm, you know, going to be 55 in a week or so, and your comfortability with expressing it, because truly, I am very uncomfortable with this conversation. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's certainly not something you're used to talking about No. In
1: Just the word anus makes me kind of tense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, then I wouldn't recommend trying anal sex well, right now. You don't now. have to worry
1: about me. <laughs> 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 and then she just so freely said anal sex. I mean, yeah. I'd have to tell you. I right. Have to tell you, yeah. Right. Which and is I a thought great thing. I was pretty sexually liberated. Yeah. I really did. Well, it
2: does. You don't have to be liberated about everything.
1: Yes, but I just could not be discussing. Uh, I I, I yeah. really commend you for being able to be, and this is where we're headed. Right. In the world that you and and I really do embrace the fact that it's our bodies and there's nothing wrong with our bodies and we should be able to talk about it. But it just clearly is. Is, as you all can see, I'm a little uncomfortable, and it clearly is a very different, very different yeah. than you know it has been. And so, do you do you talk about this amongst yourselves, like you
2: all the time? Non-stop. You do. Yeah, <laughs> <No>, we do. <laughs> and they want it they want the answers they want the information and what i think is so great is that women I mean, this is the shift is that women are feeling it's not just about like what they need to do to get by in the relationship or to satisfy him That's or right. to get him off or it's time to embrace my own pleasure. What do I want? To That's
1: create? what I love about it. Because yeah. this generation of thirty-year-olds, they are certainly not going to go twenty-four years faking an orgasm. No. 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 The majority mm-hmm. of them. So are. So when you heard earlier, when you heard earlier, when we uh, you know first opened the show, and there was Luann and Gerald, and obviously you saw the show last week. What did you think when you saw Luann, who'd been in a marriage, a loving relationship? with Gerald all these years, and she'd been faking it, had never had an orgasm. What did you guys think? I
5: felt bad for bad. her. That's I
3: surprising. really felt sad for her because I always thought that as a woman, it's your responsibility to own your own orgasm, that when you're having... That's a T-shirt. Her, no. Own your orgasm. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> yeah. That you really should be focused on getting your own orgasm and not letting him give it to you.
2: Uh or we're were expecting him to but i will say that younger women who can't reach orgasm for some reason they have inhibitions they haven't figured it out and they feel so much pressure they've lost relationships because the guys are so hung up on them reaching orgasm or they feel so much pressure they will fake Fake it they will fake but most women now in their 30s have at least explored self-stimulation and have kind of figured it out on their own if they haven't then they might have gone down the path of faking rather than getting help, which hopefully now they're gonna start doing.
1: So the idea of faking is not something that you, it's not a part of your language, correct?
5: No, not
7: at
1: all. That's really, that's really. When
5: I first learned, it was a vibrator. I was, you know, take a vibrator, try it out yourself, figure out what you like. Um, I have a G-spot vibrator that I love. Um, Use it, you know, not often, but every time when I just feel like I need a little boost. I'll do it myself, and my husband's all for
3: it. Anytime we want to bring a little glow to our
5: face. <laughs> Instead of a facial.
3: <laughs> An orgasm will do the same. Well,
1: I think that's fantastic. Own yeah. your own orgasm. You Thank go. you, ladies. Thank you. Remember, if you have a specific question for Dr. Berman, call us at 866 OPRAH xm That's 866-677-2496. We have Kathleen on the phone from Manchester, New Hampshire. Go ahead.
6: Hi, um,
7: I had a quick question. When I have an orgasm, um, sometimes I expel the copious amounts of fluid. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard of female ejaculation before, but is this normal to uh, ejaculate so much? Uh,
2: yes. I mean, here's the thing: You're, you are talking about female ejaculation, and when they've looked at it, they used to think it was urine. When they've looked at it, you know, under a microscope and analyzed it, it's not urine. It is they think, fluid from the skein's glands, which is sort of the equivalent of the prostate gland in men. And the studies have been really interesting because they've indicated that actually all women ejaculate during orgasm, but the majority of women for whom it doesn't come out, it goes, it does what's called retrograde ejaculation. It goes back into the bladder. So they did this study where they looked at a whole bunch of women after orgasm. They looked at women who ejaculate after orgasm, and they looked at women who don't ejaculate with orgasm. And uh, there's a a property in female ejaculate called PSA, which is also in semen, prostate-stimulating antigen, and it's called PSA. And so the the women who uh, ejaculated, they looked at their urine after orgasm and there was no PSA in their urine. The women who did not ejaculate, they looked at their urine after orgasm and there was PSA in their urine. So the idea is that all women ejaculate, except most of us, it goes back up into our bladder. So all women can learn to ejaculate. uh, And there are actually people who teach this. I'm not one of them. Um, But the idea is that we tend to clench and squeeze in when we reach orgasm. And if you relax and push out, almost as if you're urinating when you orgasm, because it does come from the urethra, that you can learn to ejaculate. And you can tell us, Kathleen, Women who do ejaculate with orgasm say that they have much more intense orgasms that way than when they don't. But
1: I've been thinking, just listening to you, that if you're a woman and you've never done that before, you would think that you're going to end up urinating.
2: Right, right. And yeah. it's embarrassing and yeah. scary, and so that's important to know is that it's totally yeah. normal.
1: Okay, Kathleen, did that help?
7: Uh, yeah, it does. I mean, it's just it's inconvenient. It's messy. Right. You have to- here before sex, you have to put something down because I mean it does kind of make mm-hmm. a mess mm-hmm. of the bed. Yeah, yeah, it can.
1: All right, thank you. Yvette, skyping, skyping from her husband's home office in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Yvette.
3: Hi, Hi. Oprah. How are Hi. you?
1: I'm g- I'm good.
3: <laughs> um, I actually have two questions for Dr. Berman. My first question is, my husband says that I perform oral sex once a year if he's lucky. Um, do you have a technique for giving oral sex that's easier and takes less time? And then i would like <laughs> doing it a lot more often because I really don't have a problem. I just, it just takes so much time. How
2: much time are we talking?
3: Well, I mean, I, 15, 10, 15 minutes. Right. Well, that's not so
2: much time, but it does feel like a long time when you're doing something that you're not It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. All right. So one thing you can do is um, do other kinds of stimulation first until he's gotten much closer or do oral sex for a while first, then go on to do manual stimulation or something else, and then go back to oral sex so that you're not doing only oral for the entire 15 minutes. Um, And then you can also ask him what turns him on. For a lot of men, it's, Visuals, so, uh, you know, watching porn or watching you while you perform oral sex is stimulating to them, or uh, talking dirty to them is stimulating to them. So there are things that can move the process and, and make the arousal more intense, you know, but 10 to 15 minutes is, you know, it's not, it's not the average. The average is seven minutes, but it's not extremely long. Does that make sense?
3: Yes. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, my sec- it's funny you said that about talking. My second question is that my husband feels like he's in a silent movie when we're in bed and he wants me to talk dirty. Um, How can I become more comfortable in talking dirty and get over the embarrassment?
2: Yeah, and it's something that a lot of women feel around this and a lot of men enjoy. Um, You can start by just um, using nonverbal feedback, moaning, saying that feels good when he's doing something that you enjoy. Um, A lot of women find it easy to just give a running commentary, you know, you're doing this to me now, you're, you know, they just sort of say what's happening or they say that feels really good. Those are easy ways to start. The other thing you may want to do is read some erotica out loud and practice using those words um, and maybe even read it to him. And practice that because it's more about the practice and the fear that you're going to seem foolish or the inhibitions. I don't or know. That what you're going to of... say
1: the wrong thing. Are you going to say the wrong thing? <laughs> oh my God! I said the wrong thing. Yeah.
2: I don't think it's easy to say the wrong thing unless you bring up another guy's name or
1: something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as long as it's positive. Yeah. Uh, you know they're happy, but I think also it's it's sort of that nice girl thing. It comes from those earlier messages. You know yeah. that that it's
1: sort of. <laughs> I love it her husband says, I'm in a silent movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, he does say that. Yeah. He
2: so start off it. just so like moaning
3: like and in a silent movie. Yeah. But we do the moaning. We do the, the things that you said. I
2: think he wants to take it to another level. Right. So have yeah. you ever watched porn with him? Monica? Oh, yeah. We've been
3: together for over 20 years. We've...
2: So you've seen what the women yeah. say on those movies? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what he, that's probably what he's wanting you to say.
1: Yeah. And, and what... Yeah, that's what she's saying. She's saying, I feel ridiculous saying yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Is that is what that it what is?
3: <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. That's, you know, we I think, I mean, I, I really feel like our sex life is great. We have a great sex life, the moaning and the it feels great. But I know he's looking to take it to another level. And I am having a really, really hard time with that. I just, you know, saying some of those really expressive, crazy stuff.
2: What does it make you feel? What, what's the story you have about
3: what it would be saying about you? I, maybe, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, do. I, I, get, I get embarrassed. I feel like he's going to judge me. Maybe that, that he's going to judge me. And
2: what you're really afraid of is that you're judging yourself. And what's really going on is somebody from earlier in your life is judging you. And you've taken that on yourself. So about your sexuality. So there's some key people or person in your life that played a fundamental role in your sexual development that taught you, that, you know, that judged you around it, around being too free, around being too natural, around being too expressive, around owning your sexuality too wholeheartedly and aggressively. And that's the voice that's playing in your head that you're projecting onto him because he's sitting there saying, let's go for it. He's not going to judge you at all. No, it's you no. who's judging yourself, and really, what's happening is that you're allowing that little girl to judge yourself. You know what I mean? I gotcha. Yeah. So, so think about—we don't, you know, we can't—we don't have to get into it right now. But think about who that person was and what those messages were, and write them down, and really own them, and decide whether you want to keep owning those messages as
1: yours. I'm gonna do that.
3: I really am. I'm gonna do that. Well, Yvette, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for Skyping in. Okay, so Lara from Vermont called in with a question. Lara?
7: Hi, Oprah. Thanks for taking my call. Glad you're here. Um, Hi, Dr. Berman. I am a single woman, and um, to Oprah's point, a sexually vibrant single woman, so I occasionally enjoy pornography. Okay. And recently I happened to mention this in front of a friend of mine who's very passionate about women's rights and so got to talking about Um, perpetuating the image of women as sexual objects. And I suddenly felt really um, guilty and, you know, a little bit dirty. And so my question is whether or not porn is a healthy outlet for a woman's sexuality that we can enjoy um, sort of, you know, Uh, guilt-free.
2: I truly believe yes. Uh, I think that there is a very healthy role for erotica and pornography in a single person's life, in a couple's life, in a relationship's life, um, and that there is nothing wrong with it. And, um, And, you know, yes, sort of traditional feminism has shunned pornography as something that objectifies women. My take on it, and I consider myself a feminist, is that when you own your sexuality and when you embrace your sexuality, that's the most feminist thing there is. Um, and so whatever turns you on, embracing that, yeah. it should be celebrated.
1: Yes, yeah, the difference between owning it and abusing it. Right. Owning it and then exploiting it. Right. Yes, yeah. Does that make yeah,
7: sense? I mean, I, I, yeah, I used to wear it as a badge, you know, like mm-hmm. as, you know, um, something to be proud of and sort of flaunted as being this sexually liberated, you know, if people say that anymore, um, woman in my right. 30s and just it was just recently that I've started to feel like I shouldn't be doing it or that I should feel bad about um, you know, I wouldn't do yeah, I think way. you're
2: giving that person too much
1: power. Is that person older? No. No,
7: interesting. <laughs> They're not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm wondering, is it a generational thing? Because um, obviously there are a lot of as I was saying earlier, a lot of women in their thirties and obviously yeah. their twenties who are who own their sexuality in a different way than, you know, my generation did. Well, there's feminine... That's a generality. uh, Yeah, there is. I think think
2: there can be a generational thing and I think there could be an in-generational thing where Mm -hmm. it has to do with your attitude toward men, I think, more than Mm -hmm. anything else. And if to you, feminism means that men are bad and that men are objectifiers and that men are seeking to put you down and we have to push against that and live our lives at the effect of that then you're gonna see porn as something bad. If you are the kind of feminist who celebrates men as being different but equal and having their own strengths and you having your own strengths and you own your own sexuality and aren't at the effect of men in terms of your sex life, then porn can be a great thing. Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Thanks, Sarah.
7: Thank you so much for that answer. (laughs) Very
8: helpful. Good.
1: 32-year-old Heather is Skyping from her bedroom near Los Angeles, California. Hi, Heather. Welcome.
8: Hi, Oprah. Hey. Dr. Berman, I was actually watching the show last Friday with women uh, not being able to achieve orgasm or having a decrease in their libido and um, not having the same level as their husbands. Mm -hmm. And my issue is actually the opposite. Um, My husband and I have a great relationship. We've been together for quite some time, and I would say In the last year, we've noticed a decrease in his libido, and, you know, I want more sex than he does, and our roles have almost reversed. Or I feel that maybe if he does do it, he's just taking one for the team, and it isn't something (laughs) he... necessarily is excited about doing, or it just takes a lot longer to stimulate him.
1: Well, a lot more women are saying this these days, Yeah, it's all a part of women owning their their own sexuality.
8: Yeah, and And I think,
2: and we're hearing about it a lot more, I don't know if it's because women are owning it more, or because more men are reporting it, and there's, you know, because it's all, it's the men, it's the women who are supposed to have the headache, you know, men are supposed to always want it, and so when the man doesn't want it, there's so much shame for him and for her, what's wrong with me, and, they, the woman owns it so much more than the guy might in right. a similar situation. And, I, you know, I think you definitely need to look at the relationship and what's going on there. But what we find is that men are susceptible to hormonal changes as well, to changes in medications as well that can affect their sexual response and their interests. And we also have found that while all stress pretty much will negatively affect a woman's libido, financial and work-related stress will really affect a man's libido. So if he's feeling bad it about affects his, his, his sense of masculinity and his, identity. and his identity, and so I don't know if that's been going on for him, but if he's having any work-related st- stress or money-related stress, you'll often see a big
8: drop, or if he's depressed. Okay, thank you.
1: Okay, but does
8: that apply to you, Heather? Um, we have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I know um, his work in the last I would say a year has definitely taken, with the economy being what it is, the ups and downs. So he's in the entertainment industry, and it's difficult to know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. So I would say yes to that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And some men actually, I mean, this is an aside. It's probably the financial in your case. But some men also, once their wives have children and if they watched the childbirth, will have a plummet in their in their. Desire as well. Yeah, afterwards. we did that on the show. Yeah. yeah,
1: and with with the guy who said once I saw that it was just really hard to mm-hmm. see it any other way.
8: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, interesting uh, oh, because he oh. did. He held my left thigh while he we were delivering my baby. So
5: <laughs> that would be a good question. Yeah, ask yeah, him.
1: Yeah, ask him. Yeah, because did you it see was, that show we had? I can't remember the guy's name. Who said it was? Sean and Carrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sean.
5: Same. Yeah.
2: Uh, they had, he had watched the childbirth and he could never look at her genitals the same. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's why it's good for a lot of men who may feel that way to stay up top. Stay by the shoulder, Stay
2: over the shoulder, shoulder, not down at the thigh.
8: (laughs) Dr. Berman, you had also mentioned that if the testosterone levels are different, Uh could that be something that could happen to someone, um, like in their thirties? Well, usually not
2: in your thirties. It's usually, you know, in your, late forties into your fifties. But if he's on any medications, if he has any medical conditions, if he's on antidepressants...
1: Blood pressure blood pressure, for a lot of guys.
2: Yeah, blood pressure. so, and, um, and if he's having any sexual response problems, the first thing that'll happen to a guy if he loses his erection one time, you know, or if he thinks there's even a chance he's gonna have problems with function, he'll shut down from sex completely rather than take a chance at failure. So sometimes there's something else going on uh, Function wise, that's then impacting on their uh, sexual interest. So, I would definitely get him to see a urologist who specializes in sexual medicine. Um, and there are lots of those around. Lots of urologists do that. And get him, you know, a full workup to make sure everything's working well. But look at those other factors, too.
8: Okay, thank you. Heather,
1: thank you. So now, Janet from Reno is on the phone. Janet, go for it.
6: Hi, Oprah. Hi, hey. Dr. Berman. Hi. Hi. How are you?
1: We're good. We're good.
6: Happy birthday, Oprah. Almost. What a privilege to be on the show. Thank you. Um, I'm a happily married and straight 53 year old woman, and I get sexually aroused just by thinking about men having sex with other men. Right now. I was just wondering if this was kind of abnormal.
2: Nah,
1: nothing's abnormal.
2: No, nothing's abnormal, and and uh, it's it's a common fantasy. I mean, certainly we know that the the most common fantasy for men is two women together. Um, Is it? Oh yeah, absolutely. A threesome or watching two women together. Yes, Um, and for women, a big one is watching two men or watching. Are we right, Dean? (laughs) <laughs> Watching two men. Well, <laughs> Dean, goes, you got
1: five more minutes, I have nothing to say.
6: <laughs> I, I knew you'd think it'll be a little bit kinky.
2: No, you know no, it's no. She's teasing Dean because saying that he's fantasizing about two women. Um, you know what? It's not. It's it's not particularly kinky. Um, and there's certainly a lot of pornography out there of men together, geared at the gay community. But also, many women find that arousing because they find men arousing, and to see the two of them together and those two men bodies together is exciting and the thing to remember about fantasy and pornography falls into the realm of of fantasy is that it's just that you're going to be turned on by things in your fantasy life that in your wildest imaginings would you ever want to do in real life that's the joy of fantasy so it doesn't mean if you if you fantasize as a woman about having sex with another woman it doesn't mean that you're a lesbian you know, and if you fantasize about having, uh, watching two men have sex and you find that arousing, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't say anything necessarily about who you are or about what your real-life sexuality is about and how you want to express that.
6: Okay. My husband's totally okay with it, by the way, too. He just he kind of oh, laughs great. it off.
1: <laughs> that's he kind of laughs it off. So do you share your fantasies with your husband? Is that You do?
6: I will. And, and happy birthday to you again.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Janet. Okay, Ada's on the phone from Newark. Uh, Ada, I think you're going to be our last caller. Go ahead.
6: Yes, hi. Hi, Oprah, Dr. Berman. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. Here's my situation. I am um, 53. I am divorced. Um, but I find that I am I get horny a lot, and um, I get wet easily. So my question is, is that normal? Is it healthy?
2: Yeah. I, it's great that you're 53 and that you still you, know, you. experience Thank lubrication. That's... That's a good uh, sign about your hormone levels and about your sexual function. Um, there, I don't think there's anything wrong. Where does think the hard. word
1: horny come from?
2: Um, you know, I think it has to do with um, an erection and the idea of it being like a goat's horn or a horn on an animal. And so when he had a horn that he was aroused and had an erection, and then the word horny came from that. Oh,
1: okay. I just wanted to know. Yeah, and it's...
2: women have owned it as well, even though they don't have a horn, per se, when they...
1: Oh. So were you worried about being 53 and being um, horny? What was that? Were you worried
6: about it? No, no, no. I, you know, I, I have female friends, and we talk about it, and I'm surprised that I'm the only one who feels this way.
2: Yeah, well, that and probably no just... One seems to be doing it,
6: and... I talk to male friends and, um, and and I tell them I says I'm still so in touch with my sexual part of me now. Uh, I feel so sexually liberated. Ah. And they say, Wow, that's
1: great. Yeah, because yeah. for well, have a problem. We, I get wet. Because a thought finally you don't have to worry. Be worried about getting pregnant. Right.
2: You don't have to worry. That's and you, the thing. And you've come into your own, and you're probably feeling good about your body and where you are I in do. your life. I and do. embrace it, baby.
1: Have fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ada. So we're almost out of time, and this has been very interesting. (laughs) You hung in there really well. I really did, and I've done this, you know, every night. It's been a... I have to tell y'all, I started on Monday. I'd just come back from Africa. I'd said this at the beginning. And so I've done, like, working the live shows in the day and then doing this at night. Um, So, and then going to leave here and, you know, move on into the inauguration week. So it's been pretty fascinating. Pretty intense. Pretty intense, yeah. Trying to take a nap during the day and today i didn't take a nap so and you
2: got to talk about sex toys and i got to talk
1: about sex toys <laughs> this is the day where i needed a nap okay it's, it's literally burning the candle at both ends so if you saw me in the morning i've been here all day this week so dr berman's new york times best-selling book is called real sex for real women and i really thanks to all of our callers yeah, and skypers absolutely. not just for tonight but ALL OF YOU SEXUALLY LIBERATED, VIBRANT WOMEN AND MEN CALLING IN TONIGHT, I THANK YOU. BUT FOR ALL WEEK, BEGINNING ON MONDAY WITH uh, BOB AND THEN TUESDAY, DR. OZ AND THEN OUR SPIRITUAL um, COUNSELORS ON WEDNESDAY AND SUSIE ORMAN LAST NIGHT, IT'S JUST REALLY BEEN GREAT. IT'S ONE OF MY FAVORITE THINGS TO DO IN THE WORLD, um, TO BE ABLE TO REACH OUT TO THIS COMMUNITY OF PEOPLE AND OFFER INFORMATION THAT HOPEFULLY WILL LEAD YOU TO HAVING A BETTER LIFE. So if you want to experience this class again or tell a friend who missed it, this is one to tell a friend about. Our webcast will, yeah, it's called Watch Oprah Squirm, Uh, will be available on demand tomorrow for free here at Oprah.com. You can also download the podcast tomorrow at Oprah.com and iTunes. The difference between this, though, being on the web... If we were on TV, the lawyers would have been nah. back there screaming the whole time. No, there's yeah. no
2: way we would have been able to talk. You
1: would have been stopped at the Aphrodite baby. Yeah, and you the love have... juice. And the love <laughs> juice would have made it. And God knows the panty, the whole thing. Okay. The conversation continues right after this webcast. If you are an Oprah and Friend subscriber, tune in on XM 156 and Sirius 195. Dr. Berman will be taking more of your calls. She's there, and uh, she will be alone because I'm going to go pack for the inauguration. Thanks everybody. Good night.
0: Thank you for joining the webcast. Find the support and tools you need to live your best life at oprah.com slash